Hi, I'm Angela Wood. I'm Josh Wood. And you're, you're listening, listening to Morning Wood. So this is our second episode. We hope that um, if you're listening to this one that you heard the first one. Um, we had a good time uh if get, not, go back and listen to it now. Yeah, definitely. Stop this now. Spoilers. No, there's really nothing to spoil. But stop now and go listen to episode one. Uh, that way you know who we are and what why we're doing this. Um, and, and if you could figure that out and tell us, that would be great, too. Yeah, for sure. So, um... <laughs> Oh, we're so awkward. Anyway, uh, so here we are back. We hope you enjoyed last week. Um, this week has been kind of relatively uneventful. Why would uh, you say that? Knock on wood. Knock right. on wood. Well, you can't see, but I'm knocking on, on Josh because we're the woods. Get it? Knock on wood. That's like one of my favorite jokes. When we got married, that was like the funniest oh. joke I ever, like I thought that was hilarious because when people would say that, I would just like knock on my own head. And I thought it was old hat at that point. And, so and Josh is like, this is, years. this is so old. And I'm like, ha ha, I'm knocking on wood, get it? <laughs> it's so funny. And you're just wood veneer though. You're not I, real. That's good. my joke. Yeah. I, that was my joke. People are. I, I used to work at a retirement home, and there was a there was a guy uh, there, and his last name was also Wood. No relation. No relation. But um, he asked me about it one time. He asked me, like, I guess the origins of it, like where we got it from, and I was like, I have no idea because I I am not actually real Wood. I am Wood Veneer because I'm married into the name, and he thought that was hilarious. Um, but yeah, anyway, so here we are. Um, so this week has been kind of bleh, kind of meh. Nothing overly exciting has happened this week. We had like a church picnic that was kind of fun by the lake. Um, <laughs> yep. our kids liked it better than like sitting in a pew. So that was good. So we had kind of an uneventful week. Not a lot went on, but a couple weekends ago we went to the justice apple orchard orchard. It's actually in North Carolina. So we drove like an hour and a half to get there. Um, but it's, it's, I found out this week, I don't know if you knew this, but I found out this week that it's justice, J U S T U S, which I thought was weird, but it's a family name. And it turns out that our local meteorologist, Chris justice, um, it's his, it belongs to his family, which I did not realize, um, until this week, which I thought was kind of neat. I did not know that. I also forgot Chris justice was a person until just now. <laughs> well, I watched the, the morning news and he's on sometimes. Which is ironic. Because yeah. Yeah, because I don't really like You're the news. You're not a news person. I'm not. But um, but anyway, so we went to this apple orchard, um, and it was hot, unfortunately. Like, we were going for the fall experience, and I think we just went a little too soon because um, it was still pretty hot. Um, not unbearable, but enough that we were sweating pretty good by the time we were ready to go. They actually – it was so hot, they actually had apple juice, <laughs> apple cider slushies, slushies yeah. like like an icy almost. Um but it was apple cider. It was it was actually really good. Um, I really enjoyed it. But um, I drank way too much of it. Yeah, we, yeah, it was so sugary. Oh my gosh! And so so we went picking. But they have rows and rows and rows and rows. It's an apple orchard. If my brother's listening, he'll get the joke. It's trees and rows of you know. It, it's an orchard, not an orchid. Uh, little inside joke there a very limited audience for that joke but the people who will get it will really love it uh i'll tell that story some other time but anyway so they gave us this little apple 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 picker tool it's like this it's like a it's like on it's like a long stick and it has this like at the top it has these little tines and you kind of scoop the tines around the bunch of apples that are up towards the top and when you pull on it like the apples fall into this little basket um, that's at the top of this picker. So they gave us this and it was really fun. Cause then we could reach, um, the kids could reach up a lot higher. Um, and, uh, so we picked so many apples, so many apples. How many apples did we, do you remember how many? A bushel. A, an entire bushel. An entire bushel. Yeah. I've never bought that many apples <laughs> before one time in my life. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but we had, like, how do you tell your kids, like, no, it's time to stop. We couldn't just pick, like, we drove an hour and a half to get there. We were going to make it worth our while. No, no more fruit for you. Yeah, like, you know, we couldn't just, like, pick six apples and be done. So we got an entire bushel. Well, I mean, you couldn't. <laughs> Rude. Um, so so now we have 
we have this um, bushel of apples here, and uh, I've only made what the kids have kind of been eating them off and on um, for snacks. But I made yesterday. I haven't been feeling good, very good, and I so I kind of did a cop out for dinner, and I made. It's pronounced cop out. Not comp cop out cop out. I did a cop out instead oh, of fixing. Oh, oh yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> instead of fixing real dinner, we um, we do what we call going backwards. Our uh, something Anna called yeah, it when it. when she was little is when we would we have breakfast for dinner. Um, so we went backwards last night and I made pancakes, and I chopped up about eight apples, um, and made like a apple cinnamon apple compote to go on the pancakes, which was really easy and really really tasty. Um, but you can't even tell that I've used any of the apples. Like I used like eight of them and there's still so many apples. So my request, if you're listening, there are two Henry's worth of apples. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Like we have two small children's worth size worth of toddlers worth of apples. Um, so if you're listening and you have an apple recipe, please send it to us. Uh, you can email us at, um, morningwoodthepodcast at gmail.com or you can message me through our Facebook page. I would love your apple recipes. Um, I'm not very good at pie, uh, but I thought I'd try like an apple crisp and some apple butter and I don't know what else you can make with that. Applesauce. We can make applesauce. I feel like this is like a Forrest Gump moment. Apple compote, applesauce, apple pie, apple turnover, yeah. apple empanadas. Yeah, I'm not good at Just dough, keep going. but maybe if I had a recipe, like, I could figure it out. I'm not very good at baking. Apple fries, apple cider. You, there's just something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we had a great time at the apple orchard. If you have one near you, you should definitely uh, take your kids to it because we had a, we had a great time. But now I have a, an entire seven, <laughs> an entire bushel of apples, and I'm not really sure. What to do with it all? Bobbin for apples. That's fun. I've done that before. It's just a cesspool of jokes. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> so every morning I get up, every weekday morning, I get up early with Henry who gets up obscenely early. Um, last week, he was getting up at 5.30. Yeah, I remember when you, like, put that, but that's actually late for him, because I remember Just, you, like, waking up and being like, 5.30, man, I got to sleep in. It was amazing. You were, like, re overjoyed that you got to sleep till 5.30. Yeah, I got to sleep uh, almost seven hours instead of almost five. Yeah, which that's is, uh, pretty great. Uh, 4.30 mornings get old really, really quick. Yeah, yeah. Really fast. For sure. Yeah. So. So, um, yeah, no, um, normally, you know, I take the time, feed Henry, Carson gets up, um, demands television and breakfast, and I <laughs> feed both boys, I turn on Moana, because Henry loves that movie. Every morning Moana. Every morning Moana. Yeah. It's ingrained into my memory. Yeah. It's just burned in there. Um. He he can recite the even the part that are, that's like in Polynesian, like he knows all of the words. I make them up. I just make whatever vowel sounds they happen to be singing. Mm. So, but, it, so funny story. This it drove me crazy not knowing what they were saying. Right. Not not like and just making and just you making up nonsense words basically. That's what I do. Um. So I went out and found the lyrics. And he's learned them. And I've learned them. I, I hear, I like, there's one part in there when they're singing, and I hear them talking about a hockey league. And I'm like, maybe that's why they're voraging, because they were like, it's too hot here. We can't play hockey, and we really want to start a hockey league. And so that's why they left their, their island to go uh, find, like, Canada. I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Well, that's what I interpreted it. Your headcanon is, is vastly different than maybe. history. Well, I don't know. It was just a, it's just a theory. They said something about hockey league. That's not what that, that's not, oh, never mind. Anyway. Uh, obscenely early yep. in the morning. We watch Moana. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I get the kids ready for school. While I sleep in. While you sleep in. Sleep, I feel like I should qualify what sleeping in is. It's like till 630. We have kids. That's sleeping in. That is. So I, yeah, <laughs> I get up, to be fair, I get up on 
on weekends, and yes. Josh gets to sleep in on yes, weekends. Yes, you so. do. You do give me two days hey, out you... of seven to sleep in. <laughs> now wait a minute. Yes, this is true. Thank if you. If you're for listening that. to this, I just want to let you know that this was Josh's arrangement. I don't know how it came to be. We were for a while. We were alternating mornings. It was like I'd get up one morning, Josh would get up the next morning. We would just flip flop. If somebody had something crazy going on, we would you know be nice and take care of it for him or whatever. If somebody was up late the night before. Um, the other person would get off. And then I don't I don't know what I, happened, but I, he was like, I'll take weekdays yeah. if you'll take weekends. And so, I was like, sold. So for a while I was doing uh, this thing called Miracle Mornings, which is a morning routine mm-hmm. with certain things uh, that you do every day. And then I quit that because Carson would start getting up with Henry and I didn't have silence or any time to myself. Because there was a four-year-old on my lap yep. constantly. Got it. So there's a reason I started it. And there's also a reason. Like, I, I, I got tired of just it being haphazard who gets up when and debating the night before who's going to get up. So eventually <laughs> I just said, F- it. I'm going to do this every morning. All right. Fair. We so, have an explicit label. <laughs> that's true. So, uh, but anyway, uh, so because of this, Josh now has weekday mornings. And I get up on the weekends, which is fine. I mean, it like, do I? It's not like even if we, even even if I could sleep in on the weekends, it still wouldn't be late. It's like not, not we're not sleeping till nine or ten. Sleeping late is like six thirty. Yeah. So, um, if there's background noise on this track, I'm gonna blame myself because I just spilled my coffee and then bumped the table while trying to clean it up. So. Yeah, he's really making a mess. I'm just, I feel like I just said that in an NPR voice. You'll note the background noise on this track. Josh just spilled his coffee and bumped the table while trying to clean it up. Anyway, continue, Angela. Uh, this was your story. You were talking about your this early mornings. This is my mornings. story? Yeah. This, oh. You were talking about your early mornings and how you get up with Carson and Henry and were you going somewhere with that? Uh, something, maybe? No, I was just ranting. Yes, every morning. <laughs> I wish I could convey the look that she just gave me. <laughs> I'm like we we have we have an outline for the show and you're not getting there. I yeah no I'm not getting there. That that is also the problem of my dissertation. <laughs> I have an outline for my dissertation and it's just not getting there. Yeah, <laughs> well I can't help you with that. But you were going to tell a Carson story. That's where this was all going. Um, so every morning we get Carson ready for school. He rides the bus to school, um, and we have to be out there obscenely early, so getting up early with Henry isn't that big of a deal because I can get Carson ready and dressed and out the door in time. We have to get out the door by 7 a.m. Yeah, every day. his bus so is really early. Bus. I feel like we should preface this story with, like, this is Carson's – he's in 4K, pre-K, uh, for the first time, and he's never – until school started, he had never ridden a bus before. Um, and so we, he kind of has some anxiety issues and, um, can be a little socially awkward sometimes. And so we were afraid that like this big bus was going to be a little overwhelming for him. And so, um, to make it less so with the first couple of days, we were like making a big deal and how cool it was going to be. And like buses are awesome and sissy rides a bus. And so we were trying to like build it up to be like how cool this was going to be that he got to ride on a bus, um, just to kind of get him get his psyche like ready for this, um, this big thing that he was going to try. And so we thought that maybe it would not go very well, but it ended up going, so we all, it ended up going really well, but in order to make it like a big event, like all five of us, um, they pick up at our house, which is really nice. We don't have to go to a bus stop. So they, they drive right outside the front of our house and, um, all five of us walked him all the way down to the driveway and we hung out at the end of the driveway until the bus came um, it was it was like a party, a morning party. Yeah, and uh, that worked so well that now we do it every day. Yep. So every single morning <laughs> at seven a.m., everybody's ready. To, Anna's bus doesn't come till like seven thirty, seven forty-five, and she's still outside at seven o'clock with the she's rest of us. Rushing everyone else out the door. Yeah, she is. She's, yeah. Um, so all five of us go and stand out at the end of the driveway, and we wait for Carson's bus, and then um, we stay there and we wave. Until his bus is, like, completely gone, so we can't see him anymore. And if you don't wave at him, he will, like, point at you and, like, point at you through the tap window the and tap the glass and, and like, to get your attention and be like, hey, you're not waving at yeah. me. Um, so this has become our thing. I mean, school's been in for, like, a month now, um, and we're still doing it every morning. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we will continue to do it every morning. He'll stay out there waving like the Beverly Hillbillies. It, he keeps making this reference. And it's, I will post it. I get it because I my mom used to watch okay. Beverly Hillbillies okay, okay. during the day, but like the kids don't know what the heck you're talking about. Well, <laughs> Anna's like, we're waving like who? Who? What, what is that? Yeah. Uh, that term is mildly offensive. Yeah, it is now. Everything's <laughs> offensive now, but that's a whole other story. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So uh, you have a funny Carson story. I didn't really get to hear the story because I was messing with Henry. I do. Um, so we, you know, we, we all walk him out to the bus in the mornings. And, um, the other day, uh, the bus driver rolled up and she got my attention and she said, I have a funny story to tell you about Carson. And I was like, okay, great. And she said, um, she said that she was trying to find out if the baby, she's talking about Henry, if the baby was a boy or a girl. And so she asked Carson, you know, is your, is your baby a boy or a girl? And I guess he didn't understand the question. Um, so she, she couldn't get it out of him. And she said, well, what's the baby's name? And he tells her the baby's name is Henry. And she says, oh, okay. If it's, if his name is Henry, then that must mean that he's your baby brother. And Carson says, yep, I have a baby brother and I have a baby sister and I have a baby mama and I have a baby daddy. And the bus driver's just rolling on the, like, she's about to bust the seam. She's laughing so hard. And I started laughing and I was like, oh my gosh, because those are great slang terms, but we don't, like, like, those aren't things that we, like, I don't call Josh baby daddy. Like, no. there's, like, it's not something that he just picked up, um, you know, from hearing it around the house. Right. Like, it was just, it's just what made sense to him. Like, I have a baby brother and a baby sister and a, like, it's just a qualifier for all of us. So, um, I just thought that's hilarious. It's such a Carson thing to say. <laughs> Um, it was, oh, I just, I just couldn't stop laughing and neither could the bus driver. Like she, she's so sweet and she it's, just thought it's so funny. It's a very Carson thing to say. It it's, is. uh, it's technically true. Like, <laughs> I mean, he has a sister who's his baby's sister. I guess so. And his baby's mama. Yeah. And he, 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 he refers to Henry as his baby a lot. He does. Um, uh, I just think, I just wonder how many other people he's told that he has like a baby mom and a baby daddy and a baby everything. Um, getting younger and younger these days. He's such a goofball. My mom calls him hoot and toot because he's either like absolutely charming and adorable and hilarious. And you just want to like squeeze all the lovings out of him or, He's just a complete jerk. <laughs> like, there's no you better way. a different word there, didn't you? <laughs> nope. Uh, you have an explicit label. I know. <laughs> no, he he can be a the, hence the toot. He can he can really be um, quite a handful. I feel like I feel like maybe that's just a four year old thing. I feel like though with Anna, by the time she turned four, we kind of passed the toot stage, like the me 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 tooty stage. Um, I don't feel like we've gotten there with Carson. He's still very tooty. Well, he is a <laughs> Figuratively boy. Figuratively and literally. Um, he is a boy. It explains all of those things. Yeah, boys are dumb. <laughs> you should see his face. Uh, but, uh, okay, well, maybe not dumb, but it, they're slower to mature. Science. Science mm-hmm. says that, so. Um, Fake news. Ha! So hopefully, hopefully he'll grow out of this 2D stage. Um, Anna, Anna's, when, when Anna grew out of the 2D stage, she grew into like this age of discovery where suddenly like the world was not about her. It was like, oh my, look at all the things that are around me. And she just became absolutely enamored with everything she saw. It was just like everywhere we went, she found something new to explore, to be interested in. And I'm still waiting for Carson. So far, Carson's like age of discovery is cows. Cause that's like all we <laughs> That's all we ever <laughs> Now we have another one of those periods with Anna. Oh, yeah. Well, she's... who that child. 98% of the time, she's fantastic. But then the other time... The other 2% of the time, I'm just like, what is what is going on with your brain? Stop it. <laughs> I want the other 98% back. She's... I can't complain about her, though. She's... Well, she she's is, uh, you know what's wrong with her brain? You know what's wrong with her brain? Puberty. <laughs> hey we all survived it she will too and hopefully she'll come out the better for it she is a she is cocooned in her uh teenage puberty she's chrysalis even, she's not even a teen she's yet she's getting there she's she's like a she's like a caterpillar building her cocoon that's what oh, she's doing and she's just gonna stay in her room for seven years oh. and then emerge as an adult I'm not ready for that. I'm in fact, <laughs> she's she. Josh is absolutely right. She's in this like um this kind of she's starting to do like the whole privacy thing and withdrawing and like 
she'd much rather spend some time alone in her room than hang out here in the living room with the rest of us. And, and she's actually the motivation, um, for me to buy the dining room table that we bought. Um, we, uh, we make like an annual pilgrimage to Ikea once a year. Um, it's two hours away in Atlanta. So it's quite the trek. Like it's, it's a long day for us when we do this. And so, um, we made our trek a couple months ago, I guess, or I guess a about a month ago, uh, not even a couple. Uh, months. January-ish. Yeah. No, wait, no, this no, is fall. No, no, no. <laughs> like August. I have no concept of time anymore. <clears throat> yeah, no, in August. So we went to IKEA in August. We're so tired. Um, so we went to IKEA in August, and we bought this. Um, so our we're in this little rental house, and it's adorable, and it's served us well, but it doesn't really have a very it doesn't really have a dining space really. Um, so we bought this table. It's a it's a drop leaf table. So both. So both sides of the table collapse down so that it's only about a foot wide. Um, so we can, so we pop it up for dinner and for breakfast, and then we pop it back down and slide it up against the wall. Um, and it looks just like a cute little kind of an entryway table. Um, but Anna was my motivation for that because up until we bought that, like dinner was just in the living room. Everybody sat in there, you know, like on the couch or their chairs. Um, the, you know, Henry was in his high chair and we watched TV. Like it was not, it was not engaging, uh, for us as a family. And so with Anna starting to withdraw a little bit more and with Carson starting school, we wanted to talk, we wanted to we wanted to talk to them. Um, and so we bought this table and I really enjoyed it. I think it's probably my favorite thing that we've bought in it's, a long time. It's definitely been a worthy investment. We um, get more Anna stories at least. We do. At the table. We all do. she talks, you know, she had, she drew her, drug her feet on this marching band thing, but now that's all she talks about all the time. And she rattles friends off, n you know, names of friends off and so-and-so did this and so-and-so did that. And I'm like, I have no, I have idea, no idea what she's talking about or who she's talking about, but I'm glad you're having a great time. Like, um, her band teacher, <clears throat> the last home game that we went to, um, I think that's the one where I went by myself to yeah. go pick her up. And Mr. Ray is her band teacher. And he came over to me. Um, if you don't know, Anna's in seventh grade, but she was asked to march with the high school marching band this year. Um, she picked, she started trombone in sixth grade. Um, so a little over a year ago, and she's just done really, really well, um, for having never seen a piece of music, never touched an instrument in her life. She picked it up and just, I mean, she's no virtuoso, but she's doing she's doing really, really well. She's picked it up very um, easily. Uh, so there were three uh, three seventh graders and I think a handful of eighth graders um, that were asked to march with the high schoolers. <clears throat> and Josh and I were both marching band people. I marched tuba at TCU and Josh marched uh, tr uh, trumpet uh, in high school. Um, and so we both have had this experience and it was really um I think it was a pivotal experience for both of us. Um, so we were, we were um, in favor of Anna starting this. And I, I feel like if, since she started in seventh grade, that gives her kind of a leg up, um, a little more experience than most, most kids don't start till high school usually or eighth grade. Um, so it gives her a little bit of a, a leg up in that, that area. And we were, so we were really supportive of it. And she was kind of hesitant because it's the high school band. She was like, I'm, I'm seventh grade. Like nobody's going to want to be friends with me, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> like, this is going to be the best friends you're yeah. ever going to have. Like, just trust me, just give it a go. And she was really, really hesitant, but she, she I, I, I made a deal with her and I was like, go to band. They had a band, a one week, two week, two week band camp yeah. over the summer. And I was like, do band camp. And if you still don't want to do it after band camp, then we will, we won't pursue it. Um, but just go to band camp and, and see what you think. And so she did, she went to band camp. She had a great time. And now here we are halfway through the football season yeah. and she's having a blast. And that's all she talks about. Yeah. Um, but we want, but we, but I want to engage with her and it's hard to do that when she's in a room. So we, right. um, this table has been a, a big catalyst in more face to face time. And it gives us, it actually causes us all to like slow down and pay attention to one another, which is really great. Yeah. It saves on messes. Yeah, we only have to clean up one spot in the living room instead of five. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a good thing. It's a, it's a blessing. For sure. So, the other thing that we want to do on this podcast, week to week, like we said is talk about things that are in the news. Yep. 
And this week, I feel, was uh, dominated by <laughs> mm, just a couple of big topic issues. I don't know. Do you agree? I don't know. Like what? Uh, so, Hurricane Maria? Marvel? What was it? What was it? Uh, Maria. Maria. Hit Puerto Rico. We can start with that. Got it. Uh, this is like the second big one That's because uh, Irma hit them too, right? Yeah, Irma, Irma didn't hit them directly, but Maria did. But Jose missed them. Jose missed them, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. but they were, okay. So Irma was bad, and then following right on Irma's tails, Maria came mm-hmm. by behind. Yeah, so I think something like 90% of the island is without power right now. That's unbelievable. Um, I have yeah. friends um, in Florida um, that were, like, direct hits for Irma that went, like, 18 days without power. And that's here in Florida. Yeah. I don't know. That's, I don't know what the infrastructure of Puerto Rico is like. Yeah, I know no, it's a territory, a U.S. territory. Right. I don't know how much support we provide to them. We uh, well, we don't provide a lot of support um, even now. Like the government is catching. This is so. I this is going to get really political really quickly. But uh, people are calling this Donald Trump's Katrina. Got it. Uh, okay. Because of the response to the government, it has not been great. I haven't really heard much about Puerto Rico at all. I feel yeah. like it got a little bit overshadowed this week by some other events that I'm sure you want to talk about. Yeah, as well. we'll, we'll get there because uh, that's where I'm leading with this. Got it. Because that's uh, Puerto Rico wasn't in the news because of other political. What could you be talking about, Josh? Uh, I don't know, the healthcare bill. Should we mm. talk there? We talk about that. All right, you you lead the way because this is your uh, this is your mojo. Uh, our senator is uh, Lindsey Graham. Yeah, sponsoring okay. this one. Okay. Uh, I think it's it's not quite officially dead, but it's pretty much dead. It's mostly dead. I heard that... It's um, like the Princess Bride. Uh, you know, uh, when I get in my car, it's frequently on NPR because somebody changes my stations um, and doesn't change them back. So I, I think that's where I heard it was on NPR. I heard that um, since the last attempt with the health care bill changes failed because John McCain was like, mm-hmm. I'm not supporting this. Um, they got Lindsey Graham yeah. to sponsor this one because like, apparently Lindsey Graham and oh, yeah, um, John McCain friends. are like best buddies. Yeah. And so they were like, well, if we want John McCain to vote for this, we're going to get his <laughs> best bud, yeah. like his homie to like sponsor this bill. Um, but then I, then I also, I think I saw maybe on the today show that John McCain is, there's two Republicans that were like, no, I think Ron, uh, so there's three right now, kind of. Leaning no or solid no's. Yeah, Rand Paul. Is Rand more, Paul. Okay, Rand, Rand Paul, Paul is more like I've yet to be convinced by this bill. Got it. Well, they had two up when I saw it. It was and he was one, and then John McCain was John the other. McCain. So I guess the bestie plan it, um, maybe did not no, work. It did so not well. work. John McCain is a real believer on the, in the institution of the Senate. Uh, he wants process. He he wants things to go through normal processes, which is. You write the bill, you put it before committees, you get hearings, you get amendments, you talk to the other side of the aisle, you make compromises, and you, you end up with the best thing that you can. Right. He doesn't just want to just repeal. Right. No, he's he's <laughs> not. And I mean, at this point, he's what? How old is he like 80, I think? And he has cancer. And he's probably got nothing else to lose at this point. So I don't think he's really afraid of the political fallback from not passing this bill. Right. That so. makes sense. Uh, and the other one last night, the other no was uh, Susan Collins of Maine. I've never heard of her, but yeah, well, go Susan Collins yeah. of Maine. <laughs> she was a solid no. She just can't support it because she's a, she doesn't want to touch the Medicaid expansion. She doesn't want to roll that back. She doesn't want to cut funding. I don't. So I, as with most political things, I try to to just abstain um, from getting really involved, but I, I don't like, I feel like even Obamacare needs some reform. Yeah. Like I, I feel like it's, it, it was a great step forward. I don't think it was there. I think it had a lot of problems, especially in the beginning. Um, I think it, I think it did help a lot of people. I feel like, um, we kind of got screwed with Obamacare. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the official name and, uh, for people like us was, was like the gap, um, I don't think that was the official name. Okay, well, that's, that's what, that's what like, news people yeah. were calling it, was the gap. Uh, because when, when Obamacare was launched, um, if you made X amount of dollars, then you could get subsidies from the mm-hmm. from the federal government to help you pay your premiums. Um, and if you made less than X amount of dollars, then you qualified for Medicaid. Um, but that Medicaid uh, uh, income limit 
was set by the state where you lived. And some states opted into the Medicaid expansion and some did not. And the ones that did not left this gaping hole of, of <laughs> Americans who neither made enough money to get the subsidies they needed from the federal government, but made too much money to qualify for Medicaid. And that's the gap that we fell into yeah. um, when all of this happened. So I, I feel like Obamacare was a, a good step in the right direction. I just don't feel like... Um, I don't think that it did everything it could. So I'm all I like I have no problem with reforming Obamacare or even replacing Obamacare with something better. What I have a problem with is like this scram this frantic scramble mm. that I feel like Congress is in to take it out. And I think the only reason they want to take it out is just because it's Obamacare. Yeah. Like I and that's what bothers me. It's like it's like if you want to reform it, if you want to change it, if you want to improve it, that's just fine with me. I'm 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 all go for that. But you can't like this scramble to just turn it off. Like just yeah. be like no more Obamacare <laughs> at all. And they don't have a plan to replace it with right. at this point. I mean, they were trying and it was it was like okay, but you know, now they're like, well, well that didn't get passed. So instead of trying anymore, we're just going to try and yeah. get rid of it all together. And and I think that's a mistake. No, they're just they're, they're scrambling for a win to make good on their promises that they were going to repeal and replace it. Um, I'm I'm thank so that's why I'm thankful for people like Rand Paul and John McCain <laughs> well, who are like this. Don't is be too thankful for Rand Paul. Rand Paul just wants to get rid of it entirely. <laughs> well, okay, go but at, at this before. point, he's at this point he's he's one of the people standing in the way of making this happen. So, um, and then Susan what? Collins. Collins. Susan Collins. Thank you uh, for standing <laughs> up against this. Um, I, I will say that I I do admire John McCain in some sense. You know, we have policy disagreements, but, you know, I. Uh, it takes a strong man to stand up yeah. against your best friend right. <laughs> when your best friend says, do this or we're not going to be friends anymore. I don't think he ever said that. I well, think Lindsey Graham. That's kind of how they spun it. That's they like, did. that's kind of how they started. Well, we're going to get your best friend to do this. And no, Lindsey, Lindsey Graham tweeted that. He uh, he's not friends with John McCain because of how he votes. Mm. Uh, so, but I just think that was funny. It was like it was like schoolgirl um, <laughs> politics there for a little bit. But uh, yeah, I'm all for reforming our healthcare system. Yeah. I just think that um, this is probably not the best way to do it. No. <laughs> no. So I was listening to Pod Save America, right? Because uh, I do that now. That's a podcast that Josh listens to. Yeah. And uh, they described it as basically they're just hungry for a win now, so they're basically just stapling hundred dollar bills to the bill to the text of the bill as they hand it out to senators. Yeah. Just to buy votes. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't have anything else to add to that. <laughs> like it's just a mess. It's it is. Just a mess. It is. Uh, um, <clears throat> but anyway. I, yeah. All of that was overshadowed by by what, Josh? Uh, oh, the Russia stuff. Was it the Russia stuff? I. Uh, did that happen this week as well? Uh, I th there's always Russia stuff. I'm not adequately primed to talk. About I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot to talk about with Russia. I heard this morning on the news, and I have. I, I will admit, I have not um, looked into this, but apparently, Facebook sold ads to Russia. Yeah, yeah like yeah. that's a mess. Uh, yeah. Russia's Russia's something, but I don't think that's what you're alluding to. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, so that's enough beating around the bush. I guess. All right, <laughs> that's enough beating around the bush with other significant issues. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Uh, but really, what's the most important political topic <laughs> in America not, right now, Josh? Not aid to Puerto Rico. Not aid to Puerto Rico. Not, uh, not a health care bill that affects everyone in the United States. And one-sixth of the economy. Uh, not that. That's not definitely that. no, not no, as important as Those are as not as important as who is kneeling and who is standing for, for the, the national, national anthem. anthem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I... Here I am getting political when I don't I, like to get No, it's okay. I'm going to let you go first so I don't, you know, trigger you or something. <laughs> he does know how to push my buttons. I so, um, I think what I think, uh, I think when Colin Kaepernick started this, uh, uh, his, his aim was, uh, not to disrespect America, not to disrespect the the flag, this is not to disrespect the national anthem. He was kneeling to draw attention to the um, inequality that people of color, I don't even just say black people. Uh, I don't think that, I don't think this only affects African-Americans, but people of color deal with on a daily basis, especially in regards 
to law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like picking sides on this. I have many friends who are people of color. I have many friends who are police officers. I don't think the whole, I don't think the point of this was to pit people of color against police officers. Mm -hmm. I think there are great police officers out there that are doing their jobs admirably and honorably every day. And I think, um, that on the opposite side, there are people of color who are facing injustices every single day, whether it be with the police or just in their daily lives. I think everybody has a road to walk. Um, and it's difficult for everyone, but I think Colin Kaepernick's statement was to draw attention to this particular, this was the, his, his, the started last football season. This is, this was a, started, an inti- yeah, a season a year ago. So. Um, so, uh, and this was around the time when several black men had been, um, handled in, uh, in horrible ways, um, uh, by the police. Um, there was a woman that was killed. Uh, you know, like there were several people of color who were, who were grossly mishandled, um, in, in these law enforcement. And it was high profile. It, yeah. Like, like that's the thing. Like, I feel this like kind they of thing can probably, like, let's be honest, this kind of thing has been happening for a long time, mm-hmm. but now. Right. But it was like a series of, of, uh, of these happenings mm-hmm. one after the other. Um, and Colin Kaepernick had just had enough of it. And that was that. That is why he knelt. He was not kneeling to be disrespectful. And um, and I feel like as a public figure, I feel like it was I feel like it was a um, I don't want to say neat. That feels really, a really silly word to use. But I feel like it was a a a nice way, a peaceful way and a nonviolent way. Mm-hmm to draw attention to, to something that is an issue in mm-hmm. America right now. Um, and I think, I think he did, I think he meant well. Um, the problem now though, fast forward to this season mm-hmm. is that we should, we should also note here that more players are joining in or so Colin Kaepernick is not playing right now. He's a free agent. Right. Uh, he wasn't signed, but more players are now kneeling during the anthem. Right. But, sitting. um, uh, and they're doing this um, in solidarity with what Colin Kaepernick started last season, uh, which I think again is a is a good way to. I feel like, uh, like if you want to equate it to something, I feel like um, w- when we want to b- raise awareness to something, a lot people will often wear like a colored ribbon. Like mm-hmm. breast cancer has the pink uh, ribbon, um, you know. Um, Various causes have different colored ribbons to draw attention to their cause. And I feel like this, it's kind of equivalent to that. Like Colin and now his comrades that are following after his example are taking this knee to bring awareness Mm -hmm. to this, um, this plight that these people of color are dealing with. And, um, I, 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 so many people are like the, the argument that the other side has is that kneeling during the national anthem is disrespectful to the country. It's disrespectful to the flag. It's disrespectful to the people who have fought, uh, for, and on behalf of the United States that they've, excuse me, uh, that they've fought, um, bravely for our country and for, for the things that we stand for. Um, but I, uh, and I saw someone say like, the the thing that they're forgetting that this, the the other side is forgetting is that those people fought mm-hmm. for our right to voice yeah. our opinion. They didn't like we in America have this ability of free speech. And Colin Colin Kaepernick's uh, way of doing it it's it's freedom of not speech. He's, right. he's oh. being silent well, yeah. and taking and a knee. Actions can be speech. Right. Um, and so those soldiers that have fought and died for us have done so, so that we have the ability to disagree mm-hmm. and that we have an ability to say what we want to say, even if that's not the popular opinion. Mm. Um, and so that's, I think people are missing that point. Um, I like, but also, protests are never popular like never popular like when when a when a minority and i don't mean in a racial sense like when a 
a minority group Mm -hmm. stands up against a majority group Mm -hmm. for whatever it is. Like that's they, it's going to be unpopular. Right. The, The point of protest is to make people uncomfortable. People don't do things if they're comfortable. Right. And I think it's also, again, a way to bring awareness to something that may not have been um, something that is the forefront as Mm -hmm. a white woman. Like the plight of people of color was not something that I grew up understanding or knowing Mm -hmm. about it. Just not because I was uh, not because I didn't care, didn't don't you know, um, but just because it wasn't something I was exposed to. I didn't know. I had no idea. Now, as an adult and I, you know, I know these things and I I can deal with them now um, in in an in a way that I understand and, and I can definitely cannot relate, but I can understand. Um, but like these protests bring awareness to people who may not otherwise be, um, aware that this, these things are happening every day for these people. Um, and I think that the kneeling is a nice way to do it. I think it's certainly, um, much more poignant maybe is the word I'm looking for Mm -hmm. than these, some of these violent protests. I absolutely am against, um, violent protesting of any kind. Like there's no reason to be destructive. Um, I think, I mean, that's my opinion. You can have your own, uh, (laughs) but I would much rather see Colin Kaepernick and other members of the NFL taking a nonviolent knee Mm -hmm. than to see, um, like these riots that happened in, in, um, well, all over, uh, the United States, um, it's just like there's no reason for people to die or to mm-hmm. or for property to be destroyed in a in a protest. That's not helping your cause, I don't think. I think it's only hurting your cause uh, when you're violent when your protest turns violent. Right. Uh, <clears throat> but I, um, I mean, I I see where you're coming from. I also quote want to quote Martin Luther King, who said that viol- that riots are the language of the unheard. Um, so yes, but yeah. again, like it's important to understand. You're not going to where the, where people are coming from. I do. I get that. But you're not going to win somebody over by beating them over the head. Like that's mm-hmm. beating someone up is never going to get them on mm-hmm. your side. It's just not, that's not the way it works. Right. Um, right. I agree. Right. So all that to say that we have this freedom of speech. We have this right to say what we think and what's on our mind. Um, and something that I have, that I think is also forgotten um, by all sides that yes, you as an American, have a right to say what you think about a situation and how you feel about a situation. What you cannot escape then, though, is the um, the repercussions. Right, the consequences. And the consequences yeah. of what you're standing up for and what you're saying. Um, I think uh, a good example of that was um, when the Duck Dynasty guy came out and said some really crappy things. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, the show got canceled and it was another, like another divisive thing. Like some people thought it was crap that he got fired. And then he just said, you know, whatever that he has a right to free speech. Um, and the other, you know, the other side was like, well, he said really crappy things and whatever. Um, and I think that was a really good example. Like that guy, I can't, I think his name was Phil. I can't remember. Um, yeah, uh, I think it was Phil who said those things. Um, like he has as every right to voice his opinion. Mm -hmm. We all do. He does not get to escape the consequences of yeah. that opinion, which in this case was uh, their show getting canceled, mm-hmm. I guess. And um, and that's just what you have to deal with. So Colin Kaepernick, I think, is also a good example. He had a team last year. He was playing. Um, he did this kneeling thing, and now here he is a free agent, and he's not playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a consequence probably um, of that action. So we all have to, to deal with those repercussions. Um, when we decide to to take a stand or to take a knee, yeah. um, whatever that, uh, whatever your cause is, you have to remember that those are the things that, you know, that these are, that there will be outcomes to what you have to say and what you do. Right. This also goes to the ethics of punching Nazis that we had in the news of late, right? Um, <laughs> Again. So, so the video of Richard Spencer getting punched in the face on inauguration day. Right. That went around for a while. Uh, and the idea that we shouldn't be punching Nazis because they're just exercising their right to free speech. Well, that may be so, but when you say that this, that America should be a white nation and that every other race should be subservient to 
white people, there are consequences to those actions, and some of those consequences might be getting punched in the face. Now, again, I am a nonviolent. <laughs> right. I, uh, I know you are. I condone. I do not condone violence <laughs> of any kind, even the punching of Nazis. I don't think that's going to solve anybody's problem. I think violence only escalates a, a bad situation. But yes, if you're going to stand up and say stupid shit, like white people are better than everything else, everyone else. Um, then potentially getting punched in the face is is one of those per- repercussions that you may have to deal with. Um, I won't push it, punch you in the face, but I also don't want to be friends with you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't like. Nope. Just, we don't make friends with. Nazis. Nope. 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 Just take that somewhere else. Thank you. <laughs> Forty plus years of pop culture, and why is this still an issue? I just. I. I thought. I. You know. May call it ignorance. Maybe it's because I just have abstained from being involved in the news for so long. Um, I just I thought Nazis were something we fought in World War Two and that we only like romanticized in Indiana Jones movies. Like I had no idea that like there were still organizations of them and that they still met and that like this is still a thing. I'm like, what? I, that absolutely blew my mind. That, that like. What for? What World War Two was like in the forties? Here we are, like like eight, sixty. I can't even add sixty some odd more years. Than 60. More than sixty some odd years later, and this is still a thing. Really, that just blew my mind. Like I just can't even. I just <laughs> couldn't even fathom that. It's just the fact that like we can say someone punched a Nazi in the face yeah. in twenty seventeen is just unfathomable to me. Mm-hmm. Like. How how are we still here? How how is this still a thing? Why are we still having these debates? God, why is like humanity, man? <laughs> well, to the to the protest thing. Right. So last night the Dallas Cowboys played. Right. Oh and, yes. And uh, we can talk about this. So so all weekend long we've had these protests. So Donald Trump says get that son of a bitch off the field, mm-hmm. right? If they protest. I loved response, I loved his mom. His oh, mom yeah. was like, because uh, he's Kaepernick's he was talking mom. about Ka- Kaepernick, you mm. know, and uh, Kaepernick's mom was like, well, I guess that makes me a bitch. And I'm like, go oh, girl, a proud bitch. A proud bitch. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yes, go mama. <laughs> like, that. yeah, that was great. I thought her response was really great. Yeah. But, uh, but then in response to this, there's like a ton more players either taking a knee or locking arms or the, staying in the locker room. I was going to say, the, almost all but one of the Steelers uh, stayed in the locker room yeah. during it. And um, he's now regretting that choice. I don't know if you've seen this. I, now, I have not clicked on any of the links, but I did see the headlines. He apologized because he inadvertently threw his team under the bus by doing that. I feel bad for that guy, uh, but that's a bit different story. Um, there, it's not even just pro sports anymore. It's not even just football either. Right. Um, yeah. there, uh, you know, uh, I saw a tennis player doing it. Um, I saw a post this morning of uh, a high school cheerleader taking a knee at her Friday night lights mm-hmm. uh, game, yeah, you know? Um, so it's, um, so I think it's a, it's a cool, I think it's the, I think it's a cool way to bring people together mm-hmm. in support of this without destroying people, without destroying property, without being violent. Right. It's a very, um, a very passive, but powerful way to, mm-hmm. I keep wanting to say, take a stand. <laughs> I mean, you are by taking I mean, a knee, by taking, taking a, a knee, stand, ironically. But, uh, yeah, so the Dallas Cowboys did this uh, thing where they all knelt, including Jerry Jones, who we can... And his family. Did his family? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Including the Jones, who are Trump donors, so we can talk about, you know, whether Jerry Jones meant Does it, that surprise you? I mean, of a he's a rich white man from Texas. Well, like, d- does that really, like, surprise you that he would be a Trump supporter? Like, yeah. that doesn't surprise me. Well, Jerry Jones is also a showman and a smart one at that. I think he's also a very who, wise businessman. Yeah, who is going to take exactly the amount of risk he has to take. I also think that if you take that out of the equation, um, I think what the Cowboys did last night was really great. Um, I think that it was a compromise between two opposing, like if, 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 if this was a Venn diagram (laughs) and you had the take a knee, hashtag take a knee folks on in one circle and you had the, uh, the pro, uh, uh, 
anthem flag people in one circle and you made them into a Venn diagram, the Cowboys would be in the middle because they said um, they, as a team and with, with, you know, Jerry Jones, the owner, uh, uh, rather than kneeling during the national anthem came out and they showed their support for this take a knee uh, initiative. And they knelt as a team along with Jerry Jones uh, and his family prior to the anthem. And then when the anthem played, they stood and uh, showed respect in that in in the traditional way that we've been taught and expected, I suppose. Um, and I thought that was a good compromise. I think it was. Um, I think I, some people are calling it a cop out. Like yeah. the whole point is to kneel during the national anthem. I don't agree with that necessarily. I think by kneeling in a very public forum. Uh, I mean, the Cowboys, they call them America's team. We, we're most familiar with them because we're from the DFW mm-hmm. area. Um, I think it was a very public, very um, wide. And I think that people were waiting to see what the Cowboys were going to do, too. Because yeah. uh, the rest of the teams had played uh, over the weekend. And, and then here they were um, kind of the last ones to play. And everybody was waiting to see, like, what what is Jerry Jones going to do? What are the Cowboys going to do? And I think it was... I, I feel, and everybody's entitled to their own opinion, I feel like it was a nice show of solidarity without, and then I think it also helped to appease this other side that's saying, like, by kneeling during the National Anthem, you're you're showing a disrespect to our country and our flag. I think it was a great compromise to say, like, we are with you, but we're also gonna, gonna, you know, show our respect. Right. It was a, it was a centrist kind of viewpoint and since you're you're a middle of the road person i am i'm the middle of that venn diagram (laughs) it does not surprise me i felt like it was a good compromise um i mean their other options were not to kneel at all mm -hmm. okay or to kneel during the national anthem those were like those were their 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 alternative choices and i think that either one of those would have been very divisive and i think even what they've done has caused some controversy too but 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 like if they had knelt during the national anthem, then they would have ticked off an entire group of people who were, um, you know, who are already ticked off about this thing. Um, if they had not knelt at all, then you were, you would be alienating. I mean, a, I, a lot, if not most of the people on the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> team and in, in the F, NFL in general are people of color. Like this right. is something that affects their lives. Um, and so to not kneel or to not do anything would have been um, right to not show solidarity with it would have everyone like, else in the league. I, well, not everyone else, else suffering under this. Uh, but I think it would have been. I think it would. I think they had to do something, and mm-hmm. I think that this was a good way for them to show the solidarity and also not be um, disrespectful. If you feel like that's what kneeling is, right? So, so we can't ignore race in this. Because that's, that's the reason this whole thing started. Agreed. Um, Donald Trump and his criticisms, which is a generous term for <laughs> his rant on Friday night. Right. Um, there was a great thing on Twitter where somebody slowed it down to like 75% speed and it sounds like your drunk uncle just ranting at the television. Right. Um, but he used this kind of us versus them language. Like they don't kneel or they don't stand they don't respect our flag. And so the us and them mentality, where does that come from? Right. Right. Um, but also the Cowboys and Elt took a knee before the anthem. Okay. And were still booed. Yeah. Which says to me that the issue here is not people kneeling during the anthem. The issue is people protesting at all. I think that's fair. Uh, I wonder, um, and I didn't watch it. I don't, I don't watch pro football, uh, generally. Um, but, uh, I wonder if they thought, I wonder if the booing was born out of them expecting the kneel to remain through the national anthem. Uh, you know, like, cause they took the knee, they, mm-hmm. they weren't expecting them to stand up prior to the national anthem. Right. So I'm wondering if, um, if part of those boos were because they were expecting them to stay knelt. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, not to negate your argument. I think you're making, I think you're making a fair point. Like just kneeling at all is, is, yeah. is, uh, eliciting these. The fact that you were drawing attention negative, to this thing. Um, yeah. 
negative responses from people. So I don't think you're, I don't think you're wrong by any means. I just wonder if that's, if if the booing was born from the thought that they were going to be kneeling during the national anthem. It's entirely possible. And it probably some of both actually. Yeah. Um, it's also, uh, it also goes back to this whole conversation that's also taking place alongside these protests. What is the correct way to protest? I've seen this meme going around Facebook and Twitter a lot where it was like, don't protest violently. Don't protest calmly in the streets. Don't protest silently on the side of the field. The only acceptable way to protest is to stay home and do nothing, to not protest at all. I've seen various forms of that too, where it's like uh, cartoony and it's like, Mm -hmm. don't protest like that. No, not like this either. Like, no, but, but again, we said earlier, like, protests are not popular like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what form your protest is taking like if you're standing up against something that other people are for Mm -hmm. you're gonna be met with um with you know backlash like it that's what a protest is you're you're standing up against something that another group of people are for um so like like no protest is ever gonna like happen and everybody's just gonna be like oh you know what yeah. <laughs> that's such you've got you're making a great point <laughs> we don't need to protest anymore we 100 percent agree with you like that's never happened it's never gonna right. happen like the nature of a protest is going to be um is going to have a negative reaction um you you ask like what is the right way pr- to protest yeah. i don't think there's any single right way um but i feel like this kneeling um I feel on speaking only for myself, I feel like it's a great, um, a beautiful even way for mm-hmm. people to show. You showed me that post of the veteran. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he's like 90 something years old yeah. and he's kneeling in his backyard and he asks his like son or grandson, like post this. Cause I want them to know that I'm with them. Like yeah. it's a beautiful there, there way. There's more than one of these too. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. It's a beautiful way for people to, to say like, I am with you. I think, uh, back when there was a lot of, uh, when the, uh, violence against people of color was really, um, big. And I think it also was, um, with like the LGBTQ community, we, there was like the safety pin movement, Mm -hmm. which was like, if you need an ally in a public place and you see someone wearing a safety pin, like those people are there, are, are willing to stand up for Mm you. Um, I think things like that are beautiful ways, um, that we can show other people in this, race this human race that we have that we care for them we don't care um what makes us different what we care about is that we are human and we are willing to support one another um and i think the kneeling i think the safety pin i think things like that even people even criticize the safety pin movement like there's always going to be critics but i think Mm -hmm. that those ways are beautiful ways for us to stand um with our brothers and sisters um here on this planet i think that the rioting i think the torches and the the guns and the like it feels so beauty and the beast like kill the beast you're like yeah. you have your pitchforks and your torches and like this feels very medieval to me and it feels very brutish and very violent and and I don't and like I said earlier I don't think that that kind of approach will ever like no one will ever be brought to your side by being violent towards them or towards someone they love and I don't so I so why there may not be any one way to protest correctly mm-hmm. i think there are a lot of ways that it's not um beneficial beneficial okay. um and i i think the kneeling and like i said those things i i absolutely think those are great and especially in this very very nfl public forum mm-hmm. um because that that show of solidarity then has trickled down to even the high schoolers that mm-hmm. are having their football games on Friday nights. You know, it's trickling down to these 90-year-old veterans who have don't even have Facebooks, but they want to post that they're um that they're in support of this. Right. So I think I think that's a beautiful way for for people to show their support uh for their fellow fellow man. Yeah. That's uh that's good. Yeah, that's my opinion. Um we'd like to know what you think. Yeah. Uh, you can email us at morningwoodthepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also send us a message through Facebook. You can direct message me on Instagram. You can tweet. Tweet at amwoodpodcast. <laughs> I had to think there for a second. <laughs> He's not really sure. At amwoodpodcast. Uh, on Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter. Um, uh, yeah. So we got a little serious. We got a little heavy yeah. there. But I think um, I think it was something that needed to be said. Yeah. And um, yeah. Fair. So uh, we. It's a very political age we're in right now. 
it's hard to ignore these kinds of things when they're happening. Uh, so we felt like it was appropriate to address it. Uh, and so, yeah. yeah. Uh, shoot us an email. Let us know what you think. Um, let don't, us know your apple recipes. I was going to say, don't forget <laughs> to send me your apple recipes. Also, I have not received a single dumb joke. Which I am very disappointed about. You're personally offended by the lack of I am personally offended that no one, none of you, there are at least 20 of you who liked the page this week, <laughs> and not a single one of those 20 people sent me a dumb joke. So um, send us your thoughts, send us your apple recipes, send us your dumb jokes. We would really love to hear from you. Uh, like so our page. Like our page on Facebook. Subscribe in iTunes and leave us a review. It's up now. You can you can download it in iTunes, Google Play. Yep. Uh Yep, so find us, like us, share us. Yeah. Uh, we'll never be anything without you. <laughs> so, um, if you stuck around this long, thank you. We really do appreciate your support. And uh, have a great week. Yeah. Until then, I'm Angela Wood. I'm Josh Wood. And this, this was, was Morning Wood. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Is this thing not working? It is. It's recording right now.